Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of the Fenced In podcast. Today we have a fantastic guest that Ben is going to introduce for us because he has met him on the international scene before. So I'll leave Ben to do the introduction. Thanks very much, Chris. Yeah, so hi guys um, and welcome back. Pal Zakaresh, all the way from Hungary. Pal is an amazing um, figure within the sport of fencing. He is not only the president of I Was Wheelchair Fencing, but he is actually the only man to have won uh, both an Olympic medal and a Paralympic medal, being the team uh, bronze medalist in the Seoul 88 Games, but then going on to win a double Paralympic gold in both Barcelona and Atlanta Paralympic Games and then also becoming a gold medalist in Sabre in Atlanta, and then winning bronze medals in both foil and Sabre in Sydney, Athens, and Beijing. Pal, that's an amazing record of, of, of medals. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, it's, it's nice to talk about, uh, about fencing. Uh, I finished in, in 2012 London, and it's already eight years ago, so the times go so fast. I have contact with fencing, but I, I finished my fencing. Uh, I don't want to lose against the guys who, <laughs> who are not strong, strong uh, enough to beat me in in in, uh, in old times. But uh, I have everyday contact with fencing, and uh, during coronavirus, uh, we had a lot of possibility by uh, many applications to talk about and to do something. So uh, I'm here. I'm healthy, so we were we were lucky. Our family was uh, close. Family was not touched with the, with the virus, but uh, that that weeks that month has changed the life uh, seriously. Perfect. Well, it's really good to hear that you're you're healthy um, and, and everything in in Hungary is is going well for you personally. So you you mentioned that that 2012 was your was your last Paralympics, and you decided to retire directly after after 2012. Yes, you know it's. Uh, I was born in uh, 1964, and in in London I was uh, 48 years old. Between the fights, when we had one one and a half hour, my uh, health was okay. But after one or two fights, uh, my blood pressure and my pulse was so high, so uh, it was visible <laughs> not only on that that uh, machines, but also on the piste. Uh, the time time is arrived to finish, and also I lost in uh, and entered to the final first time. So I wanted to finish on the top. I, I don't want to have the feeling, oh, he, that guy was very good, maybe ten years ago, but now I beat him easily. Oh, it's uh, he's a history. So the, to, it's better to be a history uh, in in Thai near the piece <laughs> than to lose against a guy who just younger than you but not better. So that's why I finished. And also, uh, I had a very, very strong preparation for the older games, not only for the 88. Uh, even in 1984, we had also a strange Olympics for the socialist blocks because it was my first uh, uh, international competition in the, in the senior team. So I had anti-Olympics with the, with, the, with the communist bloc in 1984, 1988 Olympics. And then I had six uh, Paralympics, and uh, and it was enough. So there was no no fire inside anymore. So it was not a real burned out, but uh, to prepare myself to the games, it was six weeks, very very hard training camp, and it was period by period more and more difficult. I had injuries. I was not uh, in a top mental uh, condition because. Uh, I left my family for that weeks, and I'm a father of three, so it's not easy, but uh, I think it was the right time to finish, and I had a very, very strange, but very complete career to win quite everything. That's quite interesting, and obviously, so your Olympic and Paralympic career spanned five games, is that right, so 20 years? Uh, no, no if, if, if we count from 1984, 88, yeah. 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012 is eight games, eight Paralympic periods and uh, Olympic periods. But on that eight games, there were six Paralympics, 
one Olympics and one anti-Olympics. Uh, what is by the law in Hungary, it's uh, it's the same medal like uh, uh, the Los Angeles Olympic medals. When you first became a professional fencer or uh, being able to dedicate a lot more of your time to fencing to to compete in 84 and 88, what, what was life like? How, how was that different to what you had done before? Because you've already spoken uh, on this call about uh, how, you know, having a, a private life and, and that side of things. How did that cross, if it did at all? Or just what, what was that like? You know, it's, uh, uh, it was really another millennium <laughs> because uh, we weren't behind the Iron Curtain. There was no mobile phones, not, on, not, not only in the East Block. No, nowhere was mobile phones, nowhere was internet. And there was not so many sports like now because there are many, many new sports and also many, many new possibilities for the youngs. And uh, fencing was my first sport. So I find at once the, the, the eternal love. It was in 1976 when I was 12. And uh, I became a professional fencer after finishing the, the Lyceum. We call it gymnasium. Uh, you call it high school? Yeah. What is before the university, yeah? Yeah, uh, high school is good. And uh, when I finished the high school, my club, I was, uh, I was uh, eight, eight, more than 18, so not quite 19 year old. My club uh, gave me a, a real job. I, I became in 1983 a professional fencer. So fencing was my job. That was 10 training a week from Monday to Friday, morning and afternoon. And uh, in that time, uh, fencing was more important for me than uh, the private career. So it was in the top and, and uh, everything was under fencing. It was the period from 1983 until my accident. But when, when I had my accident in 1991, I finished already one, one, one special school to to have the possibility to to open a coffee shop, <laughs> what is a good one, good possibility <laughs> always in a big cities like Budapest to open a coffee shop. But parallelly, I I found a possibility to to study on the University of Physical Education to be a fencing coach. That's what is very very necessary to make in England because in Great Britain I think uh, this is the only thing what is missing in fencing. The, the highest level of education for the coaches. So that's why you have coaches from, from all around the world and you have different coaching ways, uh, even not city by city, but even fencing hall by fencing hall or piece by piece. And it sometimes is good when you find a nice guy like Jemek, but it it's makes difficulties. So life was simple for, the, for that. I woke up in the morning, I went uh, to the fencing hall, then I come home, I eat. My, uh, my mother was a, a fantastic cooker. And uh, then I slept two hours and I went uh, to the afternoon to have the training. And uh, when we have uh, in the university, the week when we have to be in the university, it was uh, in every semester, uh, three weeks. Then I went to, to study, but uh, 90, 5% of my activities, it was a fencing. And uh, we, we had the competitions, but in that time, the current system, when you have a top 16, just start uh, one day later. So everybody has to fence uh, two days from the morning to the evening. And we have a table of 32. So, so we have pools with five or six fencers. And uh, we have much more fights than you had currently, but uh, also another system because uh, in a pool of six fencers and three go up, there was uh, some fights, uh, how you say, there was some cheatings and that's why <laughs> the system changed. Yeah, if, 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 if you had three victories and you are up and you, you fence uh, in the last uh, round with your friend and if you lose five, four, both of you, you go up, it's happened very often. So it became almost like a trading game where actually if you realize that you might not make it through, you can ask a friend to, who, who will yeah. be going through to drop a yeah. fight so that you could make it to the next round. Yeah, yeah, it, it was very, very typical. So that's why uh, that system changed. Uh, and I think it's a good part. But the bad part is there was a repechage. Even if you are a top fencer, there are some fencer who is not your bird. Yeah, yeah, you call that. <laughs> so you always lost, even if they are not uh, so strong uh, like you. 
And with that system, if you met with that guy, even if you are the best, you go to the shower. But with repechage, you had one more chance and it was good. So the direct termination before the final, we had the repechage, we had one more chance. Anyway, uh, the, the, I think it was quite the same for the fencer. Uh, we don't watch the, on the YouTube the fights, but we was on the on the finals and we watch our opponent or our our icons, how they fence, how the the referees react for the actions because it's also in 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 a, in a, a conventional sport like foil or saber. It's, it's always very important what is the current tendency of uh, of judging. Because uh, if you compare the current foil fencing with the 20 years ago, it is different. But is even bigger, bigger difference if you compare the saber fencing with the footwork, with the end of the piece. Because there, there was you was able to go out from the piece, and you mm -hmm. have to come back to the two meter line. And if you go down again, is a is a is a touch against you. But if you touch the the half line of the piste is deleted, so it's start the game again. So it was a tactical possibility to run back, then to, to build up your strategy. So now fencing is, is more physical because of 15 touch. And also you have less possibility for the, the tactic because of that. But also some new trends coming. Maybe I'm, I'm only the one of the old fencers. It's not fair to to uh, compare the, the the fencing and the fencers because I'm I'm pretty sure if uh, Philip Omnes or Pascal Joly or or Andrea Bolera or Alex Alexander Romankov they fence currently they make that new new style of fencing and they are a top fencer and also we have the same criticism when we were young from the olds oh this is no fencing this is no good this is no system no no it's, it's a current system is always good and uh, and and if you like uh, you can find nice fencing you can find the nice touches and also you can find your your heroes and also uh, i see really really some top guys who are not only top guys because of fencing also very nice characters so they are very good icons and very good examples for the for the young generation it's a really good picture you've built up there of what life was like, not only training in, in Hungary uh, for yourself, but also kind of what the international scene looked like when you were a competing athlete. I know um, you, you said that, you know, you'd kind of go training, come back, and then you would eat, sleep for two hours and then go training again. In fact, Johnny mentioned that uh, you, you had a distinct taste for uh, Hungarian pancakes. Is that correct? Is that something that you would often eat after training? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, we had a very funny story because uh, Johnny was invited uh, by one of the Hungarian fencers, and Johnny arrived to Budapest for a training camp, and that guy changed his mind, and uh, so Johnny had no no room and no no possibilities, so I invite him to my apartment, mm -hmm. but when he come in the next day, the taxi drivers made the roadblocks and 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 really stopped the city, so we were not able to cross the river anymore. So we let my apartment, let me let my, my car in the other part of the river of Danube. We walk uh, to my parents' house and uh, we use the public transportation for the training. And it was a time of physical preparation. So we had a very, very hard training. Is uh, in that part uh, that the coaches have the possibility to hear what we are talking about them uh, when they are not there, they are not happy <laughs> because uh, we had uh, some bad words about uh, the maniac and uh, and uh, sadism and like that. And so one day my mother asked Johnny, is he like a pancake? And my mother made a pancake with the, with the banana and with the special uh, Hungarian yogurt, but it's not yogurt, it's, okay. it's, it's called teifel. Okay. And Johnny eat uh, twenty palacintas like that. <laughs> what is 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 perfect? Twenty you can eat uh, if you are ten people, but not for one. So Johnny, Johnny was a skinny boy, and uh, 
he he looks like after this he's pregnant <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing he said they were fantastic so again you know it, it sounds like there was great camaraderie on the on the international circuit and you had many friends as well and, and obviously all that training all of those sadistic training sessions from your coaches that were exceptionally hard all eventually took you to the Seoul Olympic Games where you competed with obviously the the, the Hungarian team and and you won an Olympic bronze medal and I would probably say for myself we lost person, the gold medal you lost the gold you lost the gold medal you lost exactly you lost the gold medal but you managed to claim the bronze medal and so how did that feel because for for many athletes the idea of an Olympic medal of any color is a huge achievement so for you personally what did it feel like to 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 come away with an, an Olympic medal in every country we have their own uh, their own sport so I think uh, if the Brazilians uh, arrive second in a, in a, in, a, in a football world championship all the country is very disappointed in a fencing hall in Hungary if you want to be an icon you have to be olympic champion and also it was our id too in 1984 we had a very strong team and the anti olympics we arrived second we lost uh, only with uh, with the soviet team and uh, in 1988 we had uh, one big team competition and that time called seven nation and we won it so we beat all the teams we beat germany we beat italy we beat france we beat cuba we beat soviet union we 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 beat all the strong teams and so our id our goal was to win the games and uh, in that time there was a uh, four against four for five touches mm-hmm. so it's 16 fights so which team won nine nine fights they won the game we had a very strong pool because we had korea japan italy and hungary a group of four people four teams and only two goes up okay. so we beat uh, we beat uh, Japan Korea and we lost uh, against Italy and then with that victory with with that two victories we we qualified to the top 16 then we beat uh, if i remember well Sweden and then in the top 8 we beat France with Omnes with Grok wow strong uh, team with yeah 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 and and, and i think uh, that was Pascal Jolio too mm-hmm. and then we had the semi final with the fantastic soviet team Alexander Romankov who was a uh, best five, one of the best foil fencer ever there was vladimir apsiuri uh, he was the best team fencer ever really uh, incredible guy there was mamedov ilgar mamedov anvar ibragimov boris koretsky you know them as uh, now current national coaches for the their That's own uh, teams we lead 8-6 and then wow. we lost the two last fights and 8-8 index we lost and i made three victories and i won two times 5-0 and even that was not enough to beat oh, no. the, the the soviet team and then the for for the bronze medal we beat uh, east germany and we we uh, we arrive uh, to the podium and that days and weeks uh, we were disappointed because uh, it was very 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 close to to be in the final and in the final that was west germany and uh, i saw the 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 sport bild what is the one of the main sport newspapers in, in germany there was an interview with matthias uh, bear and he said we can win the olympic games just we don't want to meet with the hungarians so they was afraid only from us we had the big chance to to be west germany in the final because they beat east germany in the semi final in the uh, in the piece next to, next to us and we were just two touches far from from our dream to be in the final and to beat west germany and to be olympic champion but uh, after so many years i'm i'm very proud uh, for the bronze medal and it was a very very fantastic memories because if you are national fencer in hungary the people who know sport know you knows you If you are on a medalist on a world championship more people knows you but if you are olympic medalist you become so popular and it's so nice to walk on the street when especially when you are a young boy i was 24 and there was many people coming to me shaking my hands it it was also very good in the discotheques when the boys comes <laughs> to shake my hands and invite me to drink and even was 
even better when the girls come to me uh, <laughs> uh, just just to talk uh, with the with the bronze medalist so it was it was nice and uh, we were really looking forward to one win the barcelona uh, olympic games but one year before the olympic games happens my accident so i was not very lucky with the olympics in that that case it sounds like you know, there was a bit of disappointment from not winning the, the, the Olympic gold medal. But as, as you say, in hindsight, now looking back, it feels um, still quite special to you. And, and there was still obviously more to come. You felt very excited for, for the next Olympic Games. But then obviously this extraordinary thing happened to you. And, and when, when your accident happened, that obviously changed your life significantly. But what amazes me is the fact that that happened, I think you said, in 1991. And... Yes you competed at the uh, at the, the 92 Paralympics. So yes. uh, roughly about a year afterwards. How did it feel going through all of that and the recovery process, both mentally, physically, and, and kind of talk us through, if, 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 it, if it's okay, a bit about the, the, uh, the scenarios around the, the accident itself. From 1988, I really become a strong fencer. I won, uh, I won in Paris in 1988. And with that uh, that victory, I, I come to the second position in the world ranking. And 1989, it was uh, my strongest year in, in everybody fencing. I won in Budapest, the Turley Cup, and I had many finals. So before the last competition, I was uh, number one in the world. And uh, I, I, I had bad days in Bonn, and uh, I went, went out. So I arrived in fourth position in, in the world ranking. What is, I think, is amazing, is fantastic. Okay, it's not the first, but to, to be fourth uh, in, in, in a ranking of the world in, in anything is, is great. My diary was completely full with the study, with the competitions, and also I helped to my, my, my families. Uh, don't forget that, that the, we, we're talking about the years when, when Hungary became independent again mm-hmm. after f- 40 years uh, uh, of, of communism. So there was many possibilities. So I really was very, very busy. Uh, I studied parallelly in two schools and I helped to the family business. So I really, really was very active. And in that time, we were preparing of 1991 Budapest World Championship. And uh, in Budapest, I had many, many finals and also I won competitions. So I really was looking forward to make something big. We went to the Bonn World Cup competition by bus. And uh, going home, coming home, we had an accident near Regensburg. It was our driver's fault. And uh, I've, I just heard a big, big uh, bad voice in my head. And then I woke up on the field uh, near, the, near the motorway and I touched my legs and I didn't feel my legs. So I told the diagnosis at once to Istvan Selei, who came to me. Uh, my spine is broken and I need uh, medical help at once. And there came the helicopter. They take me to the hospital and uh, there was an operation to stabilize my spine because it was completely broken. And uh, my leg was, legs was broken, my ribs, my left arm uh, had a serious injury. Uh, half of my face, the left part of my face, for a week, I was not able to open my eyes. It was damaged very much. I was shocked because of the accident. But then I said, oh, maybe I will not fence in the 1991 Budapest World Championship. And then after two weeks, I realized it's not a question if I fence or not. It's a question if I will be able to stand up and walk or not. Then uh, I have to understand I survived the accident what is a part of luck, because if I fly and then I arrive not to the, to the field, I can arrive even into the motorway and I die. So I have to realize my diary, what I, I told you before, what was completely full, now is completely empty. I'm a guy in a wheelchair, but I don't know how to live as a wheelchair user, how to dress, how to eat, how to change uh, dresses and uh, I had to learn again like a baby yeah how to dress how to eat how to go to the toilet how to sit in the car how to drive 
I went to back again a baby, and for that is a rehabilitation center was very good, especially in Germany. So I was far a little bit uh, from home. I had uh, seven months to rebuild Pasekeres, and uh, the, the first year is always very difficult after a, such a big accident, but also possibility to rebuild your relations and to say for the people who you, who you don't like, okay, go away. I don't want to talk with you. You have a possibility to save friends who are not friends anymore because of your mistakes. Oh, guys, come back to me. Let's start uh, again our relations. So it was a possibility. And also I saw a lot of guys, a lot of German guys and during the rehabilitation to be happy and to be successful. And I said, if they can do this, I can try again. And in that time, I had a call from uh, Germany and the German Richard Fencer, fencing uh, team's head coach was Shandor, Shandor Bottizi, who was an excellent Sabre coach. He was a coach of uh, Imre Buidosho, for example, or Pargarevich. Both are champions. And so he called me and he invited me to the training camp, Richard training camp. And uh, I was thinking about it, but uh, my doctor uh, gave for that week my bed to another patient. So I had two possibilities, but to sleep in a one, one single bed with a very big Bavarian guy <laughs> or to, to have a training camp. Uh, and, and so I, I, I choose the training camp. And uh, on the training camp, I saw two things. One is... What is uh, perfect for me in the rehabilitation center, in the normal everyday fa facilities, buildings and, and streets are not like that. There are not automatic doors, there are not ramps everywhere. So I have to go back after this training camp to the rehabilitation center to learn. But also I, see, I saw I can be fencer again. And uh, after the training camp, there was a European championship and I won the European Championship, and I went back to the hospital as a champion again. And I arrived from the hospital to Hungary as a European champion. So the people come to see me and to, to shake my hands and to, to congratulate to my new title. Not to say, oh, poor Paul, oh, poor you, you are in a wheelchair, so you are disabled. No. I'm a disabled, but I was an athlete again, and I was a champion. And it's given me a, a new possibility and a new hope. So I saw after the accident, all the doors are closed. And I saw another co corridor with many, many doors, what I can open. And uh, based on my family help and based on my friends and especially based on my, my girlfriend, uh, and now she's my wife, so that with that help and with that motivation to see them happy when they look at me, it was uh, quite automatic. I, I come back to the piste and I think it uh, looks like a soap opera story when uh, something happened and, and then everything is going up and, and, and everything looks perfect in another way. So when I come back, uh, there was no witcher fencing in Hungary. I uh, received back my motivation. But I saw that, that the life is uh, more complicated in wheelchair because in that time we don't have a law for accessibility in Hungary. So my diary can't be full like before. So that's why I started to learn again in the university to be an economist. And also I, I built up around me a wheelchair fencing. So in that time we built a club in 1992 and uh, we made a lot of activities and I, I involved in the movement uh, uh, of uh, physical disabled. I became very active as a civil person. And, and uh, I think it's in, during two, three, three years, I find myself again. And, and uh, from, from this time, so maybe it's in 1994, three years, I can tell you my life is happy and, and really complete. So nothing missing from my life that uh, I, I had a very successful fencing career because from 1991 until uh, Sheffield uh, European Championship, what was in, in uh, 2012, more than 20 years, I was always medalist in the main event. 
on the, on the current year in the European Championship, World Championship or Paralympic Games. Few times double medals because I, I, I trained uh, two disciplines, foil and sabre. Parallelly in, in the final, I have three university uh, degrees. Mm-hmm. I have three children, wonderful wife, a lot of friends. And, and also we, we didn't talk about it, but, but I had a personal career in public administration. I was a deputy secretary of state uh, responsible for, for disabled sports uh, between uh, 1998 and 2002. And then for three more years, uh, I had uh, this work, but in a different position. And in 2010, I come back uh, to the public administration. So now permanently is the third government. I work in a high position. Uh, in the first four years, I was deputy secretary of state responsible for sport. We made the uh, a very big development project, uh, also for fencing. So we have now a lot more fencer and a lot more activities and new new clubs. And uh, in the last eight years, I work uh, in a, a social welfare department and I work for the disabled. And also it's, uh, I work also for, for, for partly for the disabled sport. I have a very com- uh, complete life and, uh, and my diary now really, really full. Again, I think what's amazing, and 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 Chris and I had discussed this um, as well, is that as you said, there were doors that closed for you, but you were able to see other doors that opened for you. And I'm sure many people psychologically would have felt broken and and not able to carry on. And and there were huge challenges. You said you faced not only um, in day to day life, getting changed, learning how to get in and out of cars again but also around the city of Budapest and Hungary and around the world, you know, there were obviously things that were difficult, like getting in and out of restaurants and and, and everyday life moving around the city became challenging. But again, as you said, it's the the, the psychological approach to this, which is, you know, you became a champion again. And I think that was not only just for the the piece, it seemed almost like in life you you found yourself again. Uh, And actually what seems like a, a really short space of time and 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 it looks like you change the face of disabled sport within within your city within within the country uh by getting involved with some of the civil uh service work so uh, yeah chris and i were just out um, amazed by by the the, the change I, I have to react for that because everybody had problem in their own life and uh, when you don't face the problem the problem is to stay with you and always uh, your problem is always the biggest and always bigger than others' problem. And when, when somebody has a, such a big problem like, like I had, because I'm also now sitting in a wheelchair, then the people can maybe understand their own problem is a small problem, but you have to focus on the problem and you have to resolve it. It's no good when you have a problem, you just say, oh, I have this and I have that, because that in, then you will lose your friends. Mm-hmm. The friends is always ready to help for you, but it's not fair if mm-hmm. only they help for you and they only, only they are around you and you are not making the same. So I think it's very important. We say with the example with the lion, when the lion lose a fight, go to the cave to be alone, to recover. When the lion comes again out from the cave, he's a lion again, strong, see mentally, physically. So there is a period when you are down, when you have problems, you have to focus, you have to, you have to let the help, the helps come to you, medical help, physical help, friends help, and uh, then you can go back. So it's, uh, I think, to go to the drug, to go to the alcohol because of the problems is not a good choice. It's mm-hmm. a good choice if you, you, you start new activities, if you, you say, okay, that part of my life is finished, but there come a new part, a new possibilities. So it also definitely sounds as though fencing provided you with an opportunity and a pathway and fencing being a sport that you were passionate in. But I've seen fencing be a catalyst for so many people myself included to Mm. other avenues in life that we never would have approached and also you know sport and fencing has got me through bad times and good times and the consistency and 
in that love and desire for the sport has been able to pull me through times in my life and it's always been there and I'm, I'm still there with it and it will always be there in some way and I think that's probably very important and um, it's very important to me but it definitely sounds like that was one of the things that allowed you to get past the hurdle that um you know that was in front of you you know fencing is a is a very unique sport because uh, the fencing is teaching you to to arrive in time you have weapon in your hand so you have to be careful so when you are young it's not like that in a fencing hall you don't see people running with the weapon in the hands so in 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 fencing is 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 a is a military sport we know how to be, be very normal uh, if you compare uh, with the guys who who not civilized in the sport clubs and uh, and and one hand in on the other hand fencing is teaching you to win and also teaching you to lose because uh, uh, after the fight uh, you shake hands and if you 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 lose you you congratulate and if you win you receive that uh, that uh, congratulations and what was for me uh, very 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 special when i saw my after my first victories the people uh, look at me as as a, as a, as a good example as an icon and i had to realize uh, i have to learn and i have to be better person to be that and i try to do that because it was a very strong need from outside and also very strong need from inside and uh, the combat sports the fighting sports is uh, is is much more different than the team sport or a, or a cyclic sport if you can't use your your fighter character on the piste uh, you can't bring the 100% out from uh, from your fencing and when my accident happened i saw I have to bring out from my character the 100% in a way of fighting. Mm -hmm. I really fight to win back my normal life. I went to the gym like the others, but I made a double because I don't want to spend one, one year in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I want to be faster. I, I, I made my rehabilitation during three months and they told me the rehabilitation is three to six months. And I was fighting and the, the, my fighting is based on the fencing. Because on the piste, if you have pain everywhere, you know, you are tired. So you can fence, you can continue. But if you have pain in one point, okay, you say stop is an injury. So you know, you learn your body too. And also, you know, if you, between the two competition days, you go out, you went very late, you drink and you, you eat heavy food. The day after, you surely lose. So also, you know your body, how much you have to sleep and how many beers you can drink. Because I think, uh, and is my as poetica, you can do everything or quite everything with a normal limit. So why not drinking a wine? Why not eating a heavy food? Why not uh, going outside and, and come back five o'clock in the morning? But you have to find the right balance and the right time because if you had a six, six week of training camps before the World Championship, surely you are not going out. Surely you are not drinking much. Maybe a one beer or one glass of wine or champagne. After, when you had a successful World Championship, <laughs> you have one month and you can do everything. Because mentally and physically, you can control yourself. And if you lose a little bit of control, even there is inside, there is another machine what controls you. So I never saw fencers uh, to be permanently loser because of our uh, fighter character. And mm -hmm. that's why you see in, in Hungary, especially you see many, many, many fencers in a very, very high positions. And, and if I want to buy a car, I go to a fencer. If I want mm -hmm. to find a nice uh, hotel accommodation, I go to the fencer. Mm -hmm. If I have a problem with my health, I go to the to the fencer. If I want to buy a nice dresses, I go to the fencer. Fencers are everywhere. And also when uh, something happened, like my accident, that network is like uh, like uh, a spider net. Yeah, it a keeps web. you to not fall down. 
it's amazing and, and actually I, I like the the way that you know you kind of say that the, the site the psychology that was required was like the fight on the piece to fight to have have life back again and I, I think that you know you're right fences are everywhere um and and it's a great community that we have and I think sharing stories like these are a great way to empower other athletes in the community and it looks like you transferred a lot from able-bodied fencing to wheelchair fencing. If we look now at more of the mechanical-based stuff, what kind of challenges did you face? But also what things could you transfer from being an able-bodied fencer into wheelchair fencing that obviously made you such a successful able-bodied fencer to such a successful wheelchair fencer? What could you transfer and what challenges were there along the way? In able-bodied fencing, the leg and the uh, arm movements, the coordination is very important. Because uh, if uh, that two parts of your body is not working together, you, you are not able to parry or you, you are not able to move out from the distance or find the right distance. This in which fencing is different. But the basic technique, the attacks, the, 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 the parries, the, the place is quite the same and is a uh, Tactical is the situation when you are very close to the end of the piste. So you are, uh, you are in the distance of uh, one lunge and uh, your opponent doesn't let you out. So you have to, to resolve this uh, tactical situation from, the, from that short distance. It's the same for which fencing. So when, in, if you come as able-bodied fencing, you are standing in, in uh, four meters and here is so close if you don't know what you want to do after pre alley, after 15 seconds, you realize you lost 5-0. <laughs> yeah. So the, for that case, which fencing is faster. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, if you compass able-bodied foil and which fencing foil, it's like able-bodied foil and saber. So the things happens uh, much faster. And for that, technique, tactical is different. But if you have a good technique, you can be a good fencer in, in, in Witcher and in longer time, because what's the problem of the fencer? Why they finish? They finish because of the legs. They are not <laughs> strong enough. They are not uh, uh, flexible enough. They get uh, more often injuries. So in Witcher fencing, you have a longer career. There is one guy, uh, but is really unique. He's uh, Robert Sittern. Mm -hmm. His first uh, Paralympic Games was in 1988. And he will go to 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 Peking to Beijing next year. So mm -hmm. he's I think he's close to sixty. But in in uh, he was very lucky, and also I think he worked uh, for it very hard. So longer career, less competitions, and also you have less opponents because if not, you have the same quantity of opponents. It means the half of the world are disabled. What is it's a nightmare. But we have a, a quite a nice competitions. And also we had the first World Cup uh, uh, circuit in the year of 2000. Uh -huh. I know because I had the trophy <laughs> in, <laughs> nice. my, in my vitrine. And uh, now we have a nice competitions. Uh, and, and also we had a very, very good uh, qualification period. We had, uh, we had a competition in Georgia, very nice competition. Uh, we had a competition in, 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 uh, in Netherlands. We had a competition in Hungary, in Italy. We had a competition in Brazil and in Canada. We had the World Championship in Korea. And if if you, if I compass, we have a we have a much better facilities for the competition than the able bodies because mm. normally our competitions are in a five star hotel. So we 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 sleep in a five star hotel and in a ballroom of five star hotel is are our competitions or four-star hotel. This is not because uh, we, uh, we are focused on the luxus. We, it's because in that hotels have the facilities for so many richer people. Because in some competitions, we have uh, two, over 200 athletes from all oh. around the world. And, uh, and it makes uh, a lot of logistical questions. So it's better to stay in, uh, in one place because we need to transfer the wheelchairs, the, the, the sport wheelchairs, the bags, and it uh, need a lot of logistics. So we have uh, much more similarity than differences. There are the difference, the special frame, what uh, fix the position of the 
two fencer chairs. So we have a fencer chairs and we have rules for the distance. We have rules for the fencing chair. And also we have rules how you sit in the chair because with that you can uh, cheat the, with the distance. So we have, we have uh, also with the referee also watching and the side, side assistance watching uh, what you do with your body and also you are not able to stand up in the chair because it's an unfair advantage and also that that's are different but uh, i can tell you for me now this is fencing is a, is is if you can say is the is the fourth discipline of fencing that is foil fencing uh, saber fencing epi fencing and witcher fencing so if even if you are a epi fencer you can sit down and you can make foil fencing in witcher and and you will understand the rhythm and and the timing and the tactic and who is good fencer is a good fencer it doesn't matter which weapon you make it's um it's so it's so much fun to to do wheelchair fencing i i've i have the pleasure of uh, of coaching dimitri and, and and oliver and and i've spent many hours in the chair with them um and i i love how similar it is but also the differences in the game and and when i was coaching these guys the first event that i ever went to with them uh was uh Eger in in hungary and and had uh, that event there and the you tried uh, the wine in Eger? We, we tried the wine yeah after yeah, after yeah, the yeah. competition as you said yeah we oh, tried the wine and uh, it was a beautiful timing venue and... is also imp- always very important the exactly exactly <laughs> timing of the touches and timing of the wine for sure and we had uh, had an amazing event it was in a five-star hotel everything was on site and the community felt very uh, strong everyone was very friendly I, I had the pleasure of meeting Robert Sutern and 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 one of my younger students Oliver when he first came up against him was like oh this this guy seems a bit older and I said yeah but be careful he's very wise he's been around for a long time and and the whole I this, the scene of wheelchair fencing is is very warm and friendly but also exceptionally competitive and some of the fencing but you know why you know why the fencing family, the everybody fencing family is also a very good community. Absolutely. There is one thing what is connect you with fencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that makes that, that family because it's quite a similar age group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a similar motivation, quite a similar problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everybody have problems. And uh, in which a fencing, there is fencing and there is the disability. Mm-hmm. Two things what connects you. Sure. And that's why it's more familiar than the and even if you go back in the time, it was even more friendly atmosphere, but it was a kind of amateurism. And now okay. it became professional. We have professional athletes in Richard Fencer. There are prize monies. Uh, uh, the Paralympic champions receive money and receive a lot of sponsorship and prestige in their own countries. Mm-hmm. So that makes that, uh, that family less close than before beginning of 90s but also another thing because we all use the same facilities so even Mm -hmm. if you come from the poor country or a rich country you are in your training dress and you are in the same hotel you eat the same food Mm -hmm. and after the competition uh, you are in the same bar testing the local local things and uh, and also what is uh, very good is also makes a good changing in the hotel in the hotel services so the people realize, because at first in every hotel, they are afraid from us. Oh, they come, what, what we can do, or oh, how, how we, we, we can resolve that, that distances because of the able body and disabled people. And now mm-hmm. it's become normal. So, mm-hmm. And if you go to the downtown of Eger, there are many, many buildings protected by uh, a law of heritage. And they built small mini ramps if you go to a pub, you, you can see tables on that day, on the Eger World Cup, where are tables, but no chairs, because come the guy with wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, everything is automatic and everything is normal. And I, I saw also in our club, we have an integrated club. We opened a, a fencing uh, section of an old club. We train together. So come a young guy, age of eight, nine or 10, uh, they can see in a fencing club and one integrated training. We have a wheelchair piece, we have able body piece. There are some exercises, warm ups, and some some place what they can do together. And also when there is a 
a home competition. You call it home competition? Yeah, national competition, home competition. No, no, home. Inside the fencing hall, we call it home competition. The able body and disabled, they fence together. But now in the national team, in FOIL, we have one national training, what is inclusive. So able body and wheelchair have in the same time the national training day. Because uh, Hungary is, uh, is not, not a very big country. You are able to come by car to, to the capital and go back two, two and a half hour maximum. Mm-hmm. So we have national trainings every day, one or two times. And the, the people come from the other cities, from, the, from different clubs, and it's integrated. So if you go there, there is uh, Daniel Dosha, if you know, yeah, or, Daniel. Kreis, or Aida, <laughs> yeah. Aida Mohamed, our top fencers together with our top wheelchair fencers and they mm. train together. And one is one other interesting thing. When uh, Gabor Botsko and MSSAS had a serious injury, leg injury, they come to train with the wheelchair fencers. Yeah, and nice. they was able to, to sit because, because sometimes when you are attacked and your hands is not in a perfect movement, you make a big compensation with the legs. But when you are sitting, you have to make the correct movement because if you do something like they can reach her, they attack you. So yeah. you have to go with the point. You have to be more precise with the with the with the parallel post or with the place the fur. So it helps to makes you a better hand, better fencing hand. And if you know the big generation of Soviet fencing, the first big generation, what is Zdanovich, Sveshnikov, Putyatin, so it's the sixties, seventies. They had eight hours training a day, and there was the last hour they was sitting and they just had a hand work okay. because the lads were tired. And also they met that they realized that even without which fencing. So which fencing is a good training for an able-bodied fencer to be more precise with the point, with the hands. Yeah. So uh, if you fence, for example, uh, uh, Yuyi, he's a he's a Chinese guy. <laughs> and, and you make the same attack and he make a parry post uh, with the coupe. It's arrive is always the same point. It's a touch and it's painful. <laughs> and you, you see the precisity because in yeah. what is very important in fencing, you can have maybe 50, 50 possibilities to give touches, 50. Okay. And in from that 50 possibilities, you have to give 15 touches. But what's happened if you have only 40 possibilities or 30 because your opponent is very good you have to be a good economist to mm-hmm. work with that possibilities and if you are 85 percent of your attacks what is good timing and but not good place because it just from 10 attack eight is in a valid place and two is off target because mm-hmm. of your fault because of precisity and you fence with garozzo you will lose <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, percentages. So, so sometimes you you really have uh, maybe nineteen possibilities to give fifteen touches, mm-hmm. and the top fencers they give uh, from fifteen possibilities fifteen touches, and if you are quite a top fencer, and you compass this percentage of your parity post of your attack, you can see the top fencers. The genius don't talk about genius, don't talk about Golubitsky, Omnes. They are living in another planet. They come together with Superman. Don't, don't talk about them. But normally, <laughs> okay. it's very important if you do one action, it has to be perfect. Not yeah. off target, not passe. That movement in which is helps for you to concentrate. And also one other additional sport, if you make dart, what mm-hmm. is very popular and you can yeah. drink. It also <laughs> makes you a very good concentration for that, for that seconds to focus. It's very good. It's very good because you have very limited time to, to give touches. You're right. It sounds like there's a, there's a huge crossover between able-bodied and wheelchair fencing, which a lot, a lot can learn from, from each other. And so obviously in that short time, you, you recovered and you were able to then go on to win your Paralympic gold medal. And, and actually, how did, how did that feel to go from that to winning that, that Paralympic gold medal? And out of all the medals that you've won, is there one that is the most special to you? Even if my personal life had a big break, big broken, what is not only symbolic because my spite was broken, my fencing career is, uh, is a complete career. Mm-hmm. So for me to win the Paralympic Games, 
it gives me something back to not winning the Olympic Games. So I win the top competition even two times, uh, three times. And uh, my top fencing was in, in, in Paraworld when I won uh, in 1985 and 1986 uh, foil and sabre individual in Blackpool. Blackpool was that very difficult to to have a right timing for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give, but, but it doesn't matter, I didn't solve the problem. Uh, it was my top, but in able body career, the top was to win a martini and the Turley mm-hmm. Cup, the individual World Cups. One is at home, and in the one is the capital of foil, is, mm-hmm. is Paris. And uh, But always, if you are uh, competitive still on the piste, always the last one is the best one, but you missing one more medal. Mm-hmm. So the next one is the more important. But in, in my career, one, when I made the the best fencing on the piste, it was in 1989 Turley Cup, when my last touch was a step back to make a quart paré and to make one, two with the lunch to give the last touch. Beautiful. So it was my, yeah, it was my last touch and I became a world number one with that touch on the rank. Amazing. So it's, it was my, my top, but uh, I also had nice memories uh, with, with other fencers. And I think there was one time in uh, in a Rommel Cup is uh, in, in Paris World Cup when the, the currently in that time the eight best fencers was in the final and I saw one fight between Pascal Joliot and Alexander Romankov and what they made that in that ten touches it was amazing and uh, even if I was in that time a top fencer I went back and I told to my coach is uh, we I had to learn a lot just closer to this level and I think. Uh, I have three children, and and if you ask me uh, which is my favorite, I say uh, uh, I was uh, only one alone, and I don't understand how you can love uh, three uh, child with the same love. All my mothers, they are my children, so I love all my mothers. All the medal have a, their, their their own stories. It's not fair to say for one is 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 closer to me. It's a, it's, it's, it's a complete career with a lot of, lot of medals. And uh, this is my fencing heritage and all is close to my heart. The first medal, what I won in 1970, first gold medal, 1979, or I won a, a 1984, a junior competition only for the socialists. But in the final, there was, there was Mamedov, there was Ibrahimov, there was a great guys. There was uh, the, some of Cubans who became very, very famous. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's uh, difficult to compare. It's I let you to choose uh, okay. <laughs> from my medals uh, and 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 my family's is always close to me. And and uh, and it was very nice to win my last title in Sheffield in uh, 2012 because it was an integrated championship and some of which fencers don't know I was an able body fencer. All of the people come to see my fencing and it was the last final and I fenced with a very, very strong French guy. Two competitions, what we fenced before, he beat me and that one uh, gave me so much plus motivation. Old friends from all around the world comes to me to win. It's also a nice memory. As one final word to, to the, the viewers that are, are listening, what, what is, a, in a few words, what can you say to those fencing athletes, both able-bodied and wheelchair fencers that are in lockdown? What, what, could you, what advice could you give them right now? Do everything what you like to do, but you have to find the right time for that. So maybe you will miss a party because of the training camp, but you will have another party. Train a lot. Listen carefully what your coach is telling you. Don't forget there is a life also outside from the piste. Be a double career. Be a good friend. Be a good boy. Be a good husband or wife. Be a good father. If you have a good character and if you work hard, you'll find uh, your success in the fencing. And the fencing will be a big help for you to be successful outside of the piste. And there are fencers everywhere. So if you see this video, I'm a fencer. So if you're hungry and you have a problem, contact me and the network is working. Perfect. 
Paul, thank you so much. I mean, the, we, we, I'm sure Chris and I thank could you. sit here all day and, and talk to you with such amazing stories that you have and such a, an incredible career. It's been a real pleasure um, talking to you. And um, thank you. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for the possibility. Bye bye, guys. Thank you. Well, that was brilliant. It was so great to have Paul on and hear all the stories that he's got. He's got so many fascinating insights and opinions and things that he's done. His experience is, is second to none. And actually, uh, I've learned a lot from that. And so next week, we have another fantastic guest for you. So we're going to keep you guessing. And in the meantime, uh, you can listen to us on Google, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and Transistor. And you can also subscribe, review and get in touch using our Twitter page. That was Paul Zekeresh. What an incredible man. Guys, get in contact, get reviewing. Follow us on Twitter at The Fenced In Podcast. We've got plenty more to come. Cheers. See you then. Thanks. Bye. The Fenced In Podcast has been created in association with J4G Design, your one-stop user experience agency for all things digital, websites, graphic design, and technical support.